Rise and shine, bitches. Welcome back to another episode of Just a Quick Pinch. I'm your host, Connie Wang. So I'm so sorry, you guys. I know I sound a little sniffly and annoying today. Um, I'm a little bit under the weather. I feel the sniffles. It's literally the sniffles are so annoying because it's just debilitating enough for you to not feel like you're on your A game, but it's not like anything like super serious. So I the show must go on honestly um and i'm glad that the show must go on because you guys sent in some really good questions for this week i chose three pinchers sharing their dilemmas and i am excited to share with you guys some advice jimmy's not with me today because of his work schedule but that's okay like i said the show goes on i feel the need to share with you guys my chief complaint which is just why is everything related to licensures such a pain um so for those of you guys that don't know i'm waiting for my massachusetts dentist license which for some reason I think it's just because of the high volume takes forever I think it takes about like a month and a half for it to come back and now I understand why because a lot of what I have to do in order to even send in the application is to wait for other people to give me more information and forms and stuff like that so it's easy to look at the application and be like, oh, how could this take so long? But then once you go through the application, you're like, oh, I was supposed to send in this and it takes like weeks to even get this back. Like it's just this whole process. And I just find it really interesting how, you know, you think like after you graduate, you're going to be stress free. You're not going to worry about timelines or anything anymore. And this just goes to show that you can, in fact, still worry about things. The thing is, I'm actually really starting to like change my mentality with it. It used to stress me out because I was like, if I don't get my licensure back, my license back in time, in air quotes, because like, what does in time really mean? Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, if I don't get my license back in time, then I'll feel so behind and I can't start work and then I'll be poor forever. And it's just so funny because like, now that I've had time to like reflect on it, I'm like, wait, Connie, this is literally so silly. You have the rest of your entire life to work with this license, like literally like a month, two months, even like months aren't going to make a difference at this point. I have the rest of my life. And literally after even like one or two months of working, I'm going to wish I'm going to beg. I'm going to like miss this time that I had off. And I think a big part of it is because like this is my first time having time off and I don't really know like what to do with myself. Um, something that I am excited to use with my time off is to, like to spend more time on this podcast. I want to get video going, more guest recordings, amp up the marketing. There's so much I can do with this podcast. And so I don't know, long story short, I just think it's really interesting how I think a lot of the anxiety that comes from, you know, like people that work in healthcare and high achievers is that we feel like we have to adhere to some timeline, some kind of like pre-constructed um, like plan. And then when things don't go according to plan, we really tend to freak out. We don't know how to just be without achieving. So these are things that I'm actually working on in my nervous system course with Masha. It's been really interesting, just kind of like dismantling my like pre-existing beliefs and like, why do I always feel so rushed? Why do I always feel so behind? Why do I always feel like if I don't achieve blah, 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 then I'm going to like die. Like these are really interesting things that I'm starting to unpack, stories that I'm telling myself. Um, and so that's why I encourage all of you guys, like if you're feeling really anxious about something, one, take a look at it from like an external scope, like really zoom out of it. Because once I start to zoom out of my problem, I realize like, okay, Connie, waiting for your license to take a long time, which is something that you really have no control over, is nothing to worry about. If anything, it is such a gift to have more time off and to just be able to like do whatever I want to do, like use this free time to explore myself, explore my life, what I want from my career. And like I said, like long term, it's not really going to make a difference. So I explore you guys to kind of take like a big picture lens and like ask yourself, like, why are you so stressed out over this thing? Like, what does it really mean to you? Why are you stressed out? Because once I realized like, oh, I'm only stressed because I thought I should have like a certain timeline. 
once I realized like there's no such thing as like a timeline really, then I was like, oh, it's it's really not a big deal. There's no like on time here. It's whatever time the universe wants to give me this. So yeah, anyways, that is just my chief complaint. It's just there's a lot of things that I can't control in timing, but that's okay because big picture it's all going to unfold the way it wants to and there's really no sense in getting worked up and like using my energy on worrying about something that I can't control. So anyways, with that, that brings me to all of your chief complaints. So the first chief complaint, I felt like these two topics were actually really tied together so I wanted to answer them together. Pincher number one asks, the burnout is real studying for the DAT third time. How do you stay focused? And I thought that this question actually went really well with pincher number two's question, which is how do you deal with burnout throughout dental school? One, I think it's really interesting that in order to even get into dental school that we have to experience burnout with studying for the exam. And then two, I thought it was interesting, like once you're in dental school, you still have that burnout. Like burnout is kind of like a prevalent force in our life throughout our career if we let it be. So I thought that these questions would be good to answer together. I'm going to start off with addressing burnout out in general and then I'm going to go into the specifics in terms of studying for like a long-term exam like the DAT. I think one it's really good that you guys are even identifying that you're burnout because a big part of like hustle culture success like glorifying success in school it's kind of like pushing down and like ignoring how you feel it's like no 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 I can work through anything the answer is work more hustle more and burnout is really important to identify because in order for you to resolve or at least heal from some burnout, you have to be able to identify it. So let me just break down. Burnout is really just not feeling motivated, not having any energy or willpower, even though you know something is really important to do. Um, you might find that you're a lot less productive than usual. You might be uh, less emotional or like even have less emotional capacity for like other people and for your day to day life. You just feel like I don't have the energy to deal with anything anymore. And it can also be feeling really detached from your mission, from what you know you want to do. Um, ultimately, it's just not really feeling very engaged and in control of where you're going. So I think the first step to really helping recover from burnout is just tracking and being mindful of your every single day. Like really try to either like track in a journal or write down or just keep in mind like what makes a certain day better and then what makes a certain day worse than most. So for example, if you track a week, you can identify like, huh, Monday was a really good day. And think about like why it was a good day. Was it a good day because you had time with friends, because you did a workout class, because you had a really good conversation with a mentor? Um, and then you're like, okay, Thursday was a really bad day. Was it a bad day because you made a mistake, because you tried something new and that made you anxious? Was it a bad day because you had some sort of like um, stressful event? Like really write down what these things are. And that's kind of the first step to getting better because then you can identify like what are your triggers and what is you know something that brings you joy and makes something a good day like we want more of those um, in my nervous system course we actually are learning about this and we call them glimmers so glimmers are just kind of like little things throughout your day that make you feel like your best authentic self and it could be as little as like having a really good cup of coffee and feeling the sun on your skin or like having a really good phone call with someone or like feeling really connected to a certain group of people like really take the time I think this is what makes burnout so tricky is that the solution is really getting to know yourself in your day and the thing is when you're really busy you're inundated with like assignments and things to do the last thing you really think about doing is like hmm how do I feel what do I like like you really like try to focus on the external rather than the internal and the solution is really the internal so 
Like I said, just try for the next week if you really want to tackle your burnout, try to track down how you feel every single day, write down the things that made it a good day, the things that made it a bad day, ultimately how you like ended up feeling. And then use that to really figure out, okay, what were the glimmers in your day, like the good parts, the things that made you feel hopeful, energized, excited, uh, feel like yourself again. And then figure out which ones didn't make you feel like yourself, which things made you feel low, made you feel anxious, made you feel fearful. And then so then the next step is, like I said, when you are burnt out, you think the answer is going to be external. Like, oh, okay, I'll like work harder and then this will help. I'll do more of this and this will help. The thing is, you really have to focus on, like I said, like internal, like treating yourself right. So this is kind of like boring, but it means like the, the little basic things that we often neglect when we start feeling stressed out, which is drinking more water, eating healthy foods, sleeping more. Moving your body is surprisingly really important. I learned about this uh, talking to Masha because so whenever a dog gets really anxious, they shake it off, right? That is actually a natural like mechanism that all of our bodies, even humans feel, which is when you're feeling really stressed, shaking it off helps. It kind of helps you tune into, I think it's like your vagal tone or something. It basically helps restore your nervous system balance, helps bring you back to like a more regulated state. So us as humans, we don't necessarily have to shake. I don't know how, actually maybe shaking will help, but moving your body, whether it's walking, whether it's jumping up and down, jumping rope, lifting weights, yoga, any sort of thing at all, as long as you are moving, physically moving your body, it's a really good way to like move that energy, get outside of your head and get some clarity and new perspective. Like you would be surprised how much I don't want to say working out. It doesn't have to be working out, but just getting moving can help. Um, so some ways that I get moving, even like without working out and like planning a whole like trip to the gym and everything is like walking my dog, um, planning to walk farther to the car every day. Um, sometimes, oh my gosh, when I was taking my board exams um, and I was waiting for my results, I was literally in the hallway, like bouncing up and down and everyone was asking me like what I was doing. Also, I had my like lucky crystals in my pocket. So I was like jingling and jangling <laughs> as I was jumping up and down. I was probably like really annoying to other people around me, but I explained like, oh, I'm trying to like regulate my nervous system and like calm myself down by moving around. So literally just try jumping up and down if you have to. And I think this actually highlights something important, which is a big part of helping yourself get rid of that burnout cycle. It's really a cycle because like your burnout contributes to your lack of energy and motivation, which contributes to your lack of like maybe eating right and drinking health, uh, drinking water. And then that contributes back to your feeling burned out. Like you see how your physical effects your mental and vice versa. So one thing that really helps is something called ownership mentality, which is just owning it instead of feeling like life is happening to you. That's like a big part of burnout is you feel like the world is just going on and on without you and like you can't control anything. So gaining that sense of control back. You control a lot more than you think you can just with your everyday, with your environment, with your life. So just being intentional with either your scheduling um, or setting boundaries with work, prioritizing time for things that make you happy, even like controlling your environment, tidying up. These are all things that can like really help uh, establish a sense of control and kind of help you gain back that ownership mentality. Like, you know what? I am in control in a lot of my life. I can overcome this. I can do whatever I want to do. Another big part of tackling burnout is just asking yourself, like, what messages are you telling yourself? So for the case of studying for the DAT exam, are you telling yourself like you're not making progress as fast as you want? Or are you like tying emotions to it too? Because I remember I was so stressed for the DAT partially because I just didn't want to feel embarrassed. 
focused or behind schedule from everyone if I didn't do as well as I wanted to. I think like a lot of times our emotions can really like tinge our experience with things like practically what you have to do is study for the exam and take the exam. But what's making it hard is your feel of failure, your feel of shame that it's it might not be like the first time you're taking it or your feeling of um, inadequacy, feeling like, you know, all of these feelings, these are really just like emotions. And so finding a way to kind of differentiate like okay this is just an emotional thought versus like this is what I actually have to do to get the thing done that can be really helpful I think the thing that makes burnout during school really difficult is that it is something that like you really can't control it's kind of even though it's finite you know school is only like four or something years it still feels like okay so what I'm supposed to be burned out for all four years and the answer is dental school is really it's it's brutal I really like don't really remember a time in dental school where I was like yeah everything's great even when things were lighter when the schedule was lighter, I still let myself feel really anxious over little things. Um, I let myself feel like I had to compare myself to others. And then before I knew it, I was back to like a super busy schedule. Like I feel like I was just constantly in survival mode. So I think the thing that makes that difficult is that you recognize like, okay, this is this is how it is. School is just really difficult. So now the question becomes, how do I make it more survivable, more copable? So you can start with all those things that I mentioned, which was, you know, treating your body right, drinking water, um, moving, identifying your glimmers or the things that make you happy. Um, and then also, you know, the thing that we forget about school is that school is really a place for community. And that is where humans get a lot of their energy is from feeling community connected belonging. So I think that in the school setting, the one strength that there is, the one good thing is that it is a place where you are safe and amongst peers, really. Like you can, if you really want, you can try to connect and like you know, hang out with your friends, try to vent to your friends, spending time with them. That'll really help you feel less alone and isolated, which is a huge part of burnout is feeling like the world is going by without you. So by reconnecting with your friends, making plans, letting your friends know how you feel, they'll open up about how they feel. I always felt so much better leaving uh, like a lunch with friends or something because I always felt like, oh, okay, like we all vented about the same things. Everyone is going through the same thing and I'm really not alone in this. I think that will really help you a lot when you're in the school setting. Now, to answer the question about how do you motivate yourself to study for long periods of time? Like finding that motivation to study for exams that aren't necessarily one week. It might take a couple months to study for these things. I always said this is way trickier than any sort of school exam because, you know, for school, it's kind of like you have some sort of aggravating factor. You have some sort of like test or exam, but then you know that the time will pass and then that will be over. Whereas studying long term for exam, it is such a mind game. It is such a mind game. You always think like, should I move it back? I'm not ready. I don't feel ready. What if, you know, like, would more time help me? Um, like, or am I the most prepared that I am now? It is such a mind game. And so I think the biggest thing is you have to protect your mental sanity when you're studying for long exams. It's easy to think like, if I just study more, I'll do better. And then my scores will increase and then I will feel better. The thing is studying more is really not the answer. It's only going to actually long-term make you perform worse. And then that's going to make you feel worse about yourself because you're going to be like, well, I studied for so long. Why am I not doing any better? Why am I doing worse? And it is such a vicious cycle. I've been there. I completely feel you. I know how you feel. It's the worst. So I think now that I'm removed from the situation, I can kind of see like the solution is actually not letting your your feelings of happiness, of self-worth and all that be so attached to the result. Like you deserve to feel happy and have a good day. 
independent of how you did on those practice tests. Like just because you didn't do well on a practice test one day doesn't mean that you have to have a bad day or feel bad about yourself. It's just the idea that your feeling of happiness and self-worth doesn't depend on that practice test grade or even on the real test grade. I also found that studying for boards and uh, the DAT was really difficult because like it's almost like I had too much time to study for it. Like I didn't, I, I studied for it during my like winter break and all day, every day. The only thing I would have on my schedule was to study for the DAT. And in hindsight, that was a mistake. I should have scheduled more time for like workout classes, more time to read or leisure activities, more time to see friends because then I could have like constructed my day in a much more healthy, balanced way instead of, I literally for the DAT studied in the beginning from like 7 8 a.m until like like midnight like there was just non-stop it was so unhealthy and it didn't really help me do any better the only thing that helped me do better was once i started to implement more better lifestyle choices like taking time to go work out take care of my mental health listen to music watch a movie enjoy chat with friends that's the stuff that ultimately once i started doing that i started to see much better improvement and i also started to feel more motivated motivation that's the tricky thing motivation is very fluid uh you'll feel more motivated when you do well right but then when you're not doing well it's hard to find that motivation because then you're acting from a place of like fear and anxiety so the ultimate million dollar question for us students is really how do you motivate yourself from an authentic healthy place rather than from a place of fear and anxiety that's kind of like all we know as students i actually did a whole podcast episode about this a couple uh, months ago with masha k you should definitely check it out the title of the episode is how to do less to achieve more fight burnout and stop gassing gaslighting yourself with masha k part three you should definitely listen to that because that's basically all about how to cultivate this feeling of safety from within. A lot of times we feel like we have to motivate ourselves, achieve a lot, do really great on these exams, because we feel like if we don't, then we will be failures and we will ultimately not feel safe. So the solution is not necessarily trying to do better, 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 because that ceiling and that finish line will always keep moving. The idea is more instead, how do I cultivate and give my own self that feeling of safety by myself? Not because I did well on the DAT, not because I got into dental school. Otherwise, you will always fall into that trap of saying, like, when I do well in the DAT, when that's over, when I get into dental school. And the thing is, that will never, you'll never get there if you don't initially feel safe and secure within yourself. So I definitely recommend that you listen to that episode. That episode has a lot of tips in terms of that. But yeah, I just want to let you know, you're doing great. I understand, like, oh God, studying for this is, like I said, such a mind game. But I promise you that the time will pass. I think once you start cultivating those healthier life habits, like taking care of yourself, doing the things that you love, that's a great way to kind of cultivate that self sense of safety also. So it's kind of like a snowball effect. The more that you move your body, the more that you eat healthier, drink water. I know that's not like the blanket solution to everything, but that will really be like the catalyst to get you thinking more clearly. Once you're thinking more clearly, then you can think like, okay, what are better ways that I can manage my burnout? And you just continue to up level. That's what makes burnout so hard is it's almost like you're in this really, really deep hole and you can't see anything past that hole. So what taking care of yourself does is it doesn't completely get you out of that hole, but it gives you a ladder so that you can start to climb up that ladder and see the hole from a new perspective. You see like, oh, you know what? The hole isn't so deep from over here. If I just like move myself up this way, then I can get out of the hole faster. And then, you know, that's all that like that's all that taking care of yourself is, is just getting higher and higher and seeing better, better solutions. Anyways, yeah, moral of the story, take care of yourself, 
do what you enjoy make sure you're feeling connected with friends and family like stay in touch with everyone don't bury yourself in a hole just studying um that will help you find more motivation talk to your mentors your mentors will definitely help you see like the dat oh my gosh that was like the biggest mountain that i had to climb to this day i still think that was actually the biggest mountain i had to climb in order to become a dentist because once you get that score that you need once you get into dental school it's more of a matter about just going through the motions and getting through it but what makes the DAT tough is it's kind of like your first entrance or like the hazing almost in order to getting in because that is like the bottleneck. That is where the dreams are either like made or not made. And so that feels like it's like a lot of pressure because you're like, I have to do this in order to get in. Um, and the thing I want to tell you is that, you know, the DAT, yes, it's a hurdle that you have to get over. But also, big picture all of my classmates, the ones that graduated with me two weeks ago, a lot of my classmates took the DAT three or four times. A lot of my classmates had to apply to dental school a couple of times. So the thing that I want to tell you is don't let the fact that it might be a couple of times really hinder you because in the big picture, that is not something that matters at all. And at the end of the day, you're going to get a score once you take it, right? If it's a good score, that means that you can move on. If it's a bad score, all that means is that you just have to keep going at it again. And this will happen until you get where you need to go. So don't feel like this is the make it or break it moment, like I have to do this in order to get in school, because you will have many more moments to keep advancing. This is like one moment in a grand scheme, like a very big path, a very long path. So just keep at it and keep chipping away at it. And before you know it, it's going to be done with and you'll never have to think about it again. Another thing that really helped motivate me, I think everyone gets motivated in different ways. But this was one thing that really helped me was I would really watch a lot of like motivational speeches, listen to a lot of motivational podcasts and things like that. Um, one book that I really recommend is The Obstacle is the Way. I think it would be like, it's by Ryan Holiday. It would be a really good break actually from studying. If you tried reading that, it's like just all about how like, the threats, the obstacles that are in our way, they're actually like our friend and it can help us achieve like what we want if we view them that way. So for the example of the DAT, right now it feels kind of like it's the mountain in front of you, right? It feels like it has to be like a mountain that you climb. The thing is, the DAT is really a tool because if you do well on the DAT, it will open the doors for you to do what you want, which is get into dental school. It'll open the doors for you to achieve what you want, which is becoming a dentist. So once you start to see the DAT as more of like a helpful tool rather than like an obstacle that you have to overcome and that is threatening you and trying to hurt you, that's where you start to, you know, like change your mindset with it and like it becomes a lot more manageable when you look at it that way. Uh, one thing that I did was I would watch YouTube videos and I would write down quotes that motivated me. So one of the quotes I think was like, you didn't come this far just to get this far. And I would put them on my walls. And like before bed, I would just keep reading that every day. And that quote really just got me through just having those constant reminders. You can keep it on your phone, like a phone reminder. Um, you can put it on the mirror in the bathroom, like on little stickies. Just some way to keep reminding yourself. Um, those were something that's got, that really help me Alrighty, question number two how to deal with a friend who always bails oh man so we've all been there we either all have a friend who always bails or we are the friend who always bails um fun fact actually so in college i was actually the friend that always bailed and even in high school i think i was always a friend that bailed and i didn't really see it i didn't like I, like, I knew that I bailed a lot, but I didn't really see the problem in it until one day, I remember, I was just joking with a friend. And the friend was, like, they said something along the lines of, like, indicating that I was the flaky friend in the group. And I remember, like, that was the first time where, like, ouch, like, it actually kind of hurt a little. Because the context of it was, 
you know, the friends that are flaky, you can't trust. You can't, they're unreliable. And like something about, you know, hearing that my friends didn't trust me or didn't find me reliable actually really started to hurt. And then that's when I realized like, oh, it's not about me like canceling on brunch or canceling on coffee. It's about the message that I'm sending to my friends where it either sends the message that I don't care about their time or that they're not valuable or that you can't trust me for things. Because at the end of the day, like I really do love my friends and I trust my friends and I want them to feel that similar level of compatibility. So that was really the catalyst that changed things for me. So what I recommend for you is actually having that conversation. I know that we like really, 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 really hate confrontation, but you'd be surprised how much having that conf- that uh, conversation with your friend will do. Editing Connie here. Jimmy actually brought up a really good point earlier when I mentioned this to him. He actually said too that this might be a good opportunity to ask your friend or check in with your friend and see how they're doing. They could be, you know, going through something too, especially if like they didn't used to flake all the time and then all of a sudden they are starting to flake or I don't know. There's always a a different way to look at things and it is possible that, you know, it might not be about you or your plans or how they feel about you, but it could be a big part probably how they feel about their life. So it is a good opportunity to make sure that your friends are doing okay, maybe like mental health wise or even physically. I think that's a good way to look at it too. It's possible that maybe your friend was like me and then just didn't see like the importance of like canceling. And then once you kind of explain like, oh, well, the message you're sending is that you don't care about me. You don't care about your time um, and that I can't trust you to be a good friend. Once you kind of set that tone, I think that that might help them a lot. And ultimately, I'm just really thankful that that friend made that comment, even though it was just like lighthearted and joking. Um, I'm really glad that they made that comment because that was kind of the catalyst for me to think like, wait, this this isn't the kind of person that I want to be. I want to be someone that's reliable to the people that I love. That really made me like change my ways. But anyways, I think in the case with your friend, hopefully they will change their ways. But I also want to let you know, like there is a chance that they just won't. You know, like everyone is different. And I think that's like the hard part of friendships is that everyone kind of functions from a different code of ethics, I guess you could say. Like maybe to your friend, being reliable, being trustworthy, just like isn't that important. Even when you tell them like, okay, like when you do this, it makes me feel like I can't trust you. There's a chance that they might not really even value that trait, which is you know, it's their prerogative. I always say at the end of the day, it's not really your business. There's a lot of factors about if a friendship is going to work. It's not just chemistry. Like, oh, when we're together, it's great. It's just getting them there. So I think the best advice I can give, let's say you do have that conversation with them and then they still bail, is that sometimes you just have to set your expectations and set your boundaries with, with certain people. I have friends that, you know, they tend to always flake and bail and things like that. Like, I get it. I get where you're coming from and it's really hurtful. And at first it used to get to me also because I'm like, wait a minute, this does really suck. And I think the thing that I realized was, you know what? I can't spend my whole life like waiting for them and hoping that they'll change their ways. You have to just set that expectation like, okay, we can keep, we can be cordial, we can be friendly, you know, things can be good, but I'm not going to set all of my eggs in the basket of meeting up with you if I know that you're going to bail. Instead, I'm going to, you know, like give the option to set up a meetup, but, you know, not keep my hopes up or like not schedule my whole day around something uh, if I know that you have like a tendency to bail. And then at the end of the day, like if it really comes to it, I think sometimes it's more worth it to protect your peace at the cost of that friendship. 
You can always be cordial. You can always have a soft spot for them in your heart. But at a certain point, you have to value your peace and set your boundaries because that is that that's what they're doing. They're valuing their peace and their boundaries or whatever their prerogative is. And it's not our job to worry about someone else. Our only job is to really set our own boundaries and expectations. So definitely keep me updated on how that goes on chatting with them. Um, I hope that maybe they will see things in a new light and they can change their ways because if it's a really good friendship that you really want to save, that would be awesome. Um, and just know like a lot of times I've seen friendships come and go throughout life. They change depending on if you're in school together. They change if you're depending on if you live close together. And that's just kind of like the cruel fact of life. But what I can say is that what happens a lot of times when one, <laughs> this is so cliche, but when one friendship door closes, it really does welcome in more energy, more time, more space for someone that will value your time, someone that you can trust and feel is dependable and will respect, you know, your plans and things like that. Don't settle, no matter how good the friendship is, don't settle if it compromises your peace. Anyways, that is all I have for you guys today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you guys like what you heard, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I will see you guys next uh, Tuesday. Bye!